Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers! Last time on Dungeon Drunks, after a day of gathering information, resources, and snazzy pirate outfits, the Heralds have prepared for their journey to the elemental plane of water. They're headed there to go after the Olam Harp, which is one of the legendary instruments of the Bards, which was on a ship that was sucked through a portal to a plane, that other plane, many years ago. And hopefully, once they get there, they'll be able to find it on the Isle of Dread. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren. You might know me as Oboe. Tonight, I have Jack and Coke, but I did splurge on the really nice Coke in the oh. glass bottle. Oh, that's the good shit. Yeah, with the real sugar. And I just, it just tastes so much better. So I have the extra Coke here because I have the Jack and Coke in my Jack glass. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Speaking of which, Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore's choice this evening, once again, is the Raspberry Riesling Sparkling Wine from Windridge Vines in uh, Dallastown, PA. Not too far from here. It's growing on me. You know, as far as canned wines go, it's not bad. It's still still interesting to hear you talk about canned wine. I'm not sure if I could get over it. Bernie, what are you thinking? (laughs) I have the last of the Lickbo shopping trip, but not the least. It's another collective arts. I don't think I've had this one. It is Blood Orange and Hibiscus Sour. And if you are up in Canada like me, then the days are already actually getting back down to the 70s and the 60s. And so this is like my last of my very summery things before I move on to fall. Here in Seattle, it has also started to finally calm down again and be be comfy all the time, even at the heat of the day. Oh, yeah, it's nice. I can I have a little little bit of a, a foaminess, but it is like this beautiful, like orangey pink color. Mm. Oh, yeah, that is, like, that is very summery. That tastes like summer. I'm going Blood to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. Nice. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular, and tonight I have wine for the first time in a while. This is Ooh. called Rico Ricomincare. I'll send a picture to, uh, to Jules. Maybe she can help with that uh, pronunciation. Is it Italian or is it is it I'm French? I'm not sure. Because it looks uh, like it looks like Italian. Because this is so this is a Malbec and uh, Tenet blend. It's sixty percent Malbec, forty uh, percent Tenet wine from Mendoza, Argentina. Ooh. Yeah, then it's Argentinian. Could be Italian, then. So yeah, it's Spanish. Uh, Spanish. Well, no, well, like yeah. Argentina has like this huge like Italian like inspiration though. Oh, that's, that's true. true. Either way, is it good? Oh yeah, it's good. I I, bo- I like both Malbecs and Tanat, and this is uh, this is a little bit of both. So yeah, it's pretty good. And uh, tonight's shot of Fireball to be consumed. The first casting of Fireball, or the equivalent spell thereof, is dedicated to two friends that I wish I saw more: Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak. Yeah, they are lovely, lovely yeah. people. They are lovely, lovely patrons, and uh, we love them very, very much. And hopefully, we'll get to see them in two thousand and twenty-one, maybe. 
Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. We've missed seeing our RTX friends, even the ones that are close by. The the, the joke of we only get to see our friends when we go to conventions, even the ones that we live nearby, uh, continues to bode true, which is sad. But hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Vaccine. Meanwhile, Carlton, what are you drinking? The last dregs of the melted frosty that my wife brought me on our way home from work. But after that, I have a Kiss Cola, like as in the band Kiss. Whoa. So I think what? it's made by Rocket Fizz. But yeah, it's... Literally, kiss cola. Wow. Oh my what? god, wow. is it good? Have you tried it? No, it's still sealed. All right. Uh, Try I, it. I got the, hold on. Secret bottle opener. There we go. No, it's not a secret that anymore. Now everybody on the internet knows Yeah, but you don't know where it is. <laughs> That's true, because your house is very far away. I know exactly. it is to your left. Not bad. It's uh, it's made with uh, pure cane sugar, so it doesn't have that like sickly corn syrupy taste. Hmm. Nights in soda service. Oh, and there's a message on the inside of the cap, and it says... Don't feed a T-Rex. Good advice. Okay. Feed or beat. Yeah, Jack, that was an underrated uh, joke. And I, I need to, because I was trying to think of a, a, a Kiss song that I could say, but the fact that you totally brought that into soda makes me super happy. All right. It is the next morning. And so I, I guess you could be drinking sodas in the morning. I don't know. Gustav has a lot of weird things. Hey, it's uh, five o'clock somewhere. Yeah. It's five o'clock somewhere. It's five o'clock. Oh, I'm thinking of the world now. I'm thinking of Faerun. Does the sun still Prakhanum. rise in the east? Yes, Prakhanum. It might be five o'clock if we are thinking about the world and how large or small it is. It, that might be far enough ahead in time. Travancore's far off lands might be far enough away that they are enjoying some evening cocktails. As all of you wake up in the morning, it is... Oh yeah, I was trying to figure out how to say this. Chess! I'm going with chess. It is the first of chess. Was there anything else you wanted to do or find out about before you take this trip to the plane of water? Or are are you prepared to go? Well, we had to figure out our command words for the the folding boat. Oh, I've and got I those. think I figured them out. The origami oh, boat. I thought I was choosing choosing those. Pop up boat. Well, well, I thought I, so too. I, I mean, if you're gonna choose them, you're gonna choose Pop them. I thought we were gonna workshop them as a group. Oh, okay. Well, um, we can do that. So there's three there's three command words. There's the small boat, the big boat, and then the bat box, right? Yeah. So obviously small boat, I was thinking collapsible canoe. Okay. Then big boat, the shrinking ship. And then for back to box, if have you guys watched what we do in the shadows, the TV show? Yes. When Laszlo turns into a bat, he goes, Bat Bat, <laughs> bat. Right, but we do that, we go, Box <laughs> and it goes back to a box. I appreciate that of these three command words, only one of them is a command word and the other command the, words. The others are hyphenated. Okay. <laughs> so so the ones I came up with were for the uh, first one, for unfolding into the smaller boat, uh, Defiant. For the 24-foot uh, deck uh, larger boat, uh, Enterprise. And then to collapse it back into the, the box, uh, Runabout. I, I thought, I'm confused. Are we looking for verbs or nouns or names? It's just like words. Just words. It can be any form of word you want. It's just your word to get the thing to happen the way you want it to. How about Mighty Morphin Power Yacht? Or Yacht Rock for the bigger one. I mean, right. I, I, mean like... I guess I could be that DM that insists that it is a command word, but you're, y'all are having too much fun with this command phrase that I'm going to let it happen. Just workshopping words. Word chopping, if you will. Command phrases. I'm, I'm okay with this. I'm Mighty with this. Morphin Power Yacht. Boom, get out of here. Megazord for the big one. Zord okay, for the small uh, yeah. one. We, uh, yeah, well, we do collapsible canoe. 
Okay, I like hold on, hold on. Canoe. So we okay. do defiant or no collapse. We have to keep collapsible canoe. So collapsible okay. canoe I think for the, the small one. Collapsible canoe could be named defiant. The painted on sure. the side. I think this is a good amalgamation. So yeah, because she said we can't come back damaged, but she didn't say we can't paint defiant on the side. Right. I like what you're thinking, Bernie. Okay. So collapsible canoe is to activate the small one. Megazord to do the big one. Box. Box to collapse it. And then it's named the Defiant. What was the ship, the something ship you were like? The, the shrinking ship. Sh- shrinking ship. Shrinking ship. I want it to have the same, I want it to be in the same thread as the collapsible canoe. Like it has to be, for me, it has to be like things that make It's like sense. the alliteration. Yeah, like it has to be like, they have to feel like part of a set, right? So if it's like the collapsible canoe is called collapsible canoe and then we have Megazord. Nobody was a Megazord in this world. This is this <laughs> is just my, me, me, Julia. I don't know how Bernie feels You came about up this. with it. <laughs> the Mighty Morphin Power Yacht is much different because it has the word ship in it. Like Megazord is just a well, Zord. Why, okay, so why doesn't the bigger version just be the Mighty Morphin Power Yacht? Because I don't know if people like that. I, I would just be an idiot. This is not me as a <laughs> Listen, there's idiocy about. That's fine. This is Dungeons and Dragons. I just think I like them going in a set. Oh, my, there's there's alliteration though in Mighty Morphin Power Yacht, mostly. <laughs> it's got that kind of like. Um, Hold on, guys. I'm on four, 53 different types of boats, which will help me figure out okay. what type of boat we want to call it, and then how we can well shrink it. We could do Soap and Terra for either the small one or the big one. That would be on theme for for power for Power Rangers. It doesn't have to be on Power Rangers theme. They just have to go in the same manner, like the idea of a collapsible canoe. It's like you're saying what the thing is, and a canoe is within the relative size of the small ship. We can so shrink the ship, it, and it, it connotates size. And what about collapsible clipper? I got a culturally appropriate name for the larger version of the of the ship: Super Snake Boat. Snake boats. Uh, well, happy Onam, everybody. So it is actually the t- where we're recording this. It's Onam in India, where I'm actually going to celebrate with my, you know, uh, with my family uh, later on. Uh, so Onam is the harvest festival of India, and one of the things they do in Kerala, actually specifically, is uh, snake boat races. And they're these really long boats with lots of rowers, and uh, they're they painted like snakes, so they call them snake boats. Similar to the dragon boat races. In a way, yeah. I guess it's bigger. I don't know if they're bigger or smaller. Like I've seen the dragon boat races actually in Philadelphia. They do them sometimes. Um, but uh, but yeah, super snake boats are uh, alliterative at least. Okay. okay. So collapsible canoe for the small version, super snake boat for uh, the bigger version, or folding frigate. I like super snake boat. Let's I go like with that. Super snake, snake boat. I feel like we should go with that, especially since Travancore got us the super snake boat. Yeah. These are huge. I think these are bigger. They might be similar in size, but some of these are bigger than dragon boats. These are cool. Hey, everyone, now's the time to pause your podcast. And (laughs) since you're already listening to us on your phone, probably, or maybe on your computer, don't know how else, we're not on the radio, go Google snake boats and spend like the 30 minutes I can't since I do have to go back to this podcast pretty immediately uh, looking at them. They are really cool. Oh, those are pretty dope. This one's got like 100 people on it. Those are huge. That's got to be 100 people. That's gotta be a hunt. Shit, they're they're sitting side by side. That's two hundred. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then there's also what's kind of cool is there's a little um, you know what pops up when you Google snake boat a, lo- a little poster for the Kerala snake boat races. Yep. Oh, that's fun. Oh, oh, I'm sad. This is not. 
Makes you sad Those you are really cool. traveling the world. I am almost always in Kerala. Every time I've gone to India, it's been during a, like one of the season. It, it's not the last time. The last time I went during Christmas. So I didn't get to see a snake boat race that time around. Now, did we want to do super snake boat or shrinking snake boat? Well, it's the bigger version. So I think super right, snake but it gets, boat. It gets, it, uh, it gets, the whole thing is that it goes down like collapsible canoe. But I mean, I'm fine with super snake boat. Yeah. Collapsible canoe, super snake boat, and box? Yeah, this all makes sense to us only. Yes. Oh, while we're having this discussion, at a uh, at an inappropriate time, Jonathan the Magimuscular reaches over to Carlton's head and da. Carlton notices you coming in for it, so he kind of just leans into it, like he he knows what to expect now. And mind blank. In my head, does Carlton have hair? Uh, he does. He does. Okay. Yeah. I guess I've been picturing him bald all this time, and so in my head, you know. You know that really famous, like, Bugs Bunny, Elmer Fudd scene where Bugs Bunny's, like, doing his hair and it's all bald and he's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, the Barber Someone... of, Sevi- of the, the Bunny of Sevilla? Yeah. That's, that's what I was p- picturing just now. But you can do that with hair, I guess. It just is more of a visual. If you... That's okay. Enough, Let's girls, move on. got a full head, little uh, bed heady. I mean, we did an entire episode where I went and got a haircut once. Oh, God, that's right. I don't know why. I just... I got, I got groomed up and went fancy. I mean, hey, maybe you decided that haircut was to cut off all your hair, for all we know. I, I remember uh, discussing a quaff, but since then, if you had gone bald, it would have been okay. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, before Jonathan sculpted really well, <laughs> he burned off a bit. Yeah. I was going to say, remember in the early days when Travancore used to do a beard check every 10 episodes? How's it going? Actually, I'm doing one now. Yeah, how's your beard coming along? <laughs> Give me an investigation check. All right, Detective Travancore investigates. I should probably remember my investigation bonus by now. I'm pretty sure it is just a... It's all right. doesn't matter how often I play a certain character. I always got to look. I, I know when things are good and when things are bad. 11. With an 11, it's looking good. You're having a hard time really taking a look because you've got that little tiny mirror. And it is morning and you're still kind of waking up and so your beard has the equivalent of bedhead for a beard beard head you have beard, beard chin <laughs> bed bed beard you bed, bed beard. beard i like that the, also the, uh, staying on theme with the alliteration i like it i feel like that could be your pirate name bed beard bed beard the pirate yar you scurvy scoundrels of the sargassa i be bed beard carlton gets wide-eyed really me pirate voice, voice should be not terrible Carlton gets wide-eyed when Bernie suggests that, realizing, fuck, I didn't think of a pirate name yet. You didn't oh, think of time. a pirate name? It's up to you. I'm just sitting here listening. I'm here to narrate when you decide to do something. Otherwise, if you want to sit here, if you if you all decide that pirate names are an essential thing to come up with before you travel to the elemental plane of water, that's the thing. We can argue. do it while on the boat. It's one of those things you can come into, but Carlton realizes... He didn't think of one, and now he's ashamed. Yar, I be Bedbeard, an anxious millennial stereotype. On the <laughs> quest for avocado toast. Mm, right, avocado toast. Pirate name generator. <laughs> All right, this is good. Do you want me to enter Carlton Tanks in this, or your name? Carlton Tanks. All right. Everyone, we're going to do the pirate name generator, and we're going to get what it takes, get what it gives us. Get That's the only way they would have it. They're going to be like, you already have a weird name. Are you sure you need another one? Don't Your judge me. Your pirate name is Thomas Kegstealer. I don't... <laughs> wow. God. I love how 
Thank you. I will introduce myself as Thomas Keg Stealer. I came straight from Bay. We heard we heard Bernie say it. She prayed to her goddess, and the name that came to her when you spelled out your name was Thomas Keg Stealer. All right, let's put in let's put in Travancore. Alright. No, I be Bedbeard the Pirate. He's bedbeard. All right, he be bedbeard. He's bedbeard. Jonathan, are you in on this or do you have your own name? Sure, I'll submit myself to the random. Maybe you'll get lucky. If I don't like it, then I'm putting it back. That's fair. But then you have to come up with them. You're Leather Jagger. I don't know. Leather Jagger. Jaeger? You leather can be the Jaeger? Dread Pirate Jenny Lewis. You're a Leather Jaeger? What? Leather Jaeger is your... Yeah, I'm going to X-nay that one. <laughs> leather Jaeger. Um, <laughs> oh, hold on. No, no. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. The Dread Pirate Jenny Lewis still be available. Okay. No, no. I'm the Ark Mage. Boo! What about Free Jack? I'm glad Nick No, no, I, I picked. <laughs> and this is the it, second time I've slow clapped someone today. I just want you to know. That's like a, 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 a quest. What's the name? Kingdom, that's like a Kingdom of Loathing name. <laughs> it is definitely a Kingdom of Loathing name. You are correct, sir. I am the Scourge of the High Bees. Okay, yeah, both of you. Like. That's, that's perfect. Really good. Right. That's, that's really, really good. That's I both am, of you deserve a slow am, clap for that. I am I am got my name. It's just Bernice Hubert Scourge of the High Bees. There like, you go. Instead of the high C. Kastak comes on over collecting your empty plates and says, So you just coming up with pirate names all day? You're actually gonna go do this thing. Yes, of course. Alright. Ooh, look, Kastak, do you want to know your pirate name? Sure, you got a pirate name for me? Give me yeah. a pirate name. All right, hold on one minute. And what actually is happening is Bernie has made one of those cootie catchers upon which she has written a bunch of random names. <laughs> and that's how this has actually gone down. She's like, all right, pick a number, pick a letter. And she's like, all right, pick a sack. All right, get, get picked. Red, yellow, blue, or green, pick. Blue. All right. One, three, five, or seven? Seven. All right. Two, four, six, or eight? Two. All right. Your name is Crimson Three Fingers. All right, I like the crimson part. The three fingers, not so much. I've done a very good job of running this place for a very long time with all ten of my fingers still intact. I think I, it, it's a point of pride. Can I be Crimson Ten Fingers and then people can just wonder? I like the implication that perhaps you had more fingers at one time. No, see, cr- see Sold. Crimson, listen. The fact is Crimson Three Fingers and you have ten fingers. They're like, wait, why is he called Three Fingers? Who did he leave with three fingers? Did he take three fingers? Do you want to tell people you have three fingers and a pouch around your neck? I don't mind the weird story of, hey, you're going to have three fingers, but you got ten fingers. But I feel like that's putting something out into the universe that I've been really trying to avoid the entire time that I've been owning this bar. (laughs) Ah, I see your superstition is coming up to pirate levels. Excellent. I mean, if I'm going to go by Crimson, ten fingers, I got to play the part, right? Yar. 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 Is that what you do? Sure. I've never even been yeah. on a boat, so is that going to be a You want to come with us? Not really. No, I got this place no, to run. No, no. Gestock has to, has got to watch uh, uh, the Baron von Kokostut. I'm doing that too, but also, also, I just don't. It's super awesome what you all do, and I really like hearing the stories, and I appreciate that you go out and tell people about my place. But that sounds dangerous as all of Ernest, and I wouldn't want to do any of that. Actually, Gestalt, can I tell you a secret? Sure. This time, I don't want to do it either. 
Out of curiosity, how often do you want to do the things that you do? That's, you know, that's some introspection that I actually haven't sat down and had. <laughs> Jonathan the Magimuscular starts, like, counting off adventures like, okay, Feywild, <laughs> no, Avernus, really no, that one time with that Greek place, yeah, the, but there, Theros, that was pretty fun. And yeah, he's just, he starts counting and he, he, he keeps counting. Like, he doesn't ever stop. I feel like I've asked a very meta question and now it is time for me to go. And he slinks away back behind the bar. Bye, Kasak. Wait, no. Hopefully Bernie, we won't die. The thing that we can do off screen is Bernie has, like, gotten together all of Coco Snoot's things. Like, in my head, Coco Snoot has, like, one of those, like, doggy adventure harnesses. Like, he's of got course. a saddle, but it's got little pouches on it. And it's like, you think she keeps all her stuff in it, but really most of it is like, there's like some chew toys and his favorite treats and like, like a bedroll that is his bed. And she also, from somewhere in the bag of holding that you guys have never noticed, pulls out a really big bag of kibble, the good stuff. It's like pretty much like 99. It's got no, like, it's got very low grain content. It's, it's very much, it's it's the good shit. Oh, he's a working battle dog. He absolutely deserves the best of food. Absolutely. Exactly. Lots of protein, you know, all beef, his fave. And uh, she, she's like, goes over and it's just like, it's like a Mary Poppins moment where she's like, okay, so this is his brush and he really likes to be brushed in the morning. That's why I'm actually late every day for breakfast. It's not me. It's him. I like to brush him. He likes to lay on his back and he likes to hold a chew toy in his mouth. He doesn't really chew it per se, but he likes the comfort of holding it while you brush his stomach. This is his food. He's going to need two and a half cups in the morning and two and a half cups in the evening. These are the treats that he eats in the morning. If you feed them to him in the evening, he's going to fart all night. It's going to be awful. Don't learn it the hard way. These are his evening treats. He gets one before bedtime. One. He's going to look at you like he gets two. He doesn't get two. That's a lie. If you find someone that has speak to animals, he will tell you he gets two. He's still lying to you. He's fine with one. He gets enough food. Don't let him eat roadkill. One time he ate an entire dead frog. It was bad, 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 bad. All right. That's, that all sounds good. I mean, I'll let him run around with the horses and get some exercise. And he'll just have the run of the place. We've had some dogs here before, and they've been pretty happy. Just got to make sure that they don't eat too many of the slops. Yeah. Um, and she hands out a list. She goes, this is a list of foods that will kill him dead. Oh, yeah. No chocolate. Uh, no, no, no. As I said, we've had dogs here before. So I, I, I know all about that. I got a, a couple servers who've got dogs and kids and have, haven't managed to kill any other dogs or kids. So, yeah, I think they'll be okay. If the kids are around, be careful. Because one time he ate somebody's poop and then licked in their face and they almost got pink eye. Yeah, it's usually a dog thing, too. But no, I mean, this is, this is a family-friendly restaurant, but it's also kind of a bar. So don't get too many kids. Oh, that's good. Anyway, Gustav takes all of this in stride. He uh, bundles up all of your stuff into a big basket that he's going to keep, most of which he'll keep in the room, some of which, like the food, he'll just keep behind the bar. He's got the instructions pinned on everything, and you know most of the servers here. This is kind of a one-person tavern gestock kind of runs it but he definitely has help and so he goes off to go instruct everybody and whenever you're ready to drop to officially drop off coco snoot you can let me know but he doesn't 
He doesn't assume that just because you're handing over all of his stuff means you're ready to hand over Coco Snoot as no, well. Not yet. I didn't think so. He didn't think so either. I so like what's what's the plan, guys? Are we are we going today? Or do we need to get supplies? Do we have food? I have enough food for Coco Snoot for a very long time, but do, do we have water? Did we buy water bottles? Well, Bernie, I think the food and water are on you, right? Well, oh. we have the alchemy jug, which can make mayonnaise. You know, or it can water. make other things. Or ale. We are going to be pirates, so it could be, it could either be for survival or it could be for fun. We also could go buy fishing rods before we leave. I don't know that we want to fish anything out of the elemental plane of water. But fish. I think the fish are bigger than us. Oh, so fish are friends, not food. Uh, no, fish are we foes. We might be food. We are food. Fish are foes, we're food. Got it. Are you sure there's no small fishes that we could have? Like I have the chain? no idea, like, Carlton. You're the smart one. Jonathan the Magimuscular did not go to this day in class. Did you not go to college? I, Jonathan the Magimuscular obviously went to college. You literally stood in it. Yeah. I didn't go to college. So tell me about the small fishes. I didn't learn about that. I'm assuming that anything in another plane wants to kill us because guess what? Most of the other things in other planes want to kill us as we've seen. Carlton, do you remember the the abyssal chickens? Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to kill us. Did you get to eat an abyssal chicken? You guys never really filled me in on that part. I wanted to. We did eat it and uh they were spicy. Supposedly Bucks did too. Wait, what? Yeah. What? Yeah, so during the event, well, Bucks posed as if, I think Travancore thinks Bucks ate an abyssal chicken. But whether he actually did or not, I don't think he actually did, but Travancore is convinced that he did. I seem to remember Bucks ro- rolled really well on that deception check. Yes. I might be wrong, but I seem to remember I, I just he rolled incredibly well. I not remember if we had this well. conversation yet, and I don't think we did. Yeah, but Travancore looks over at Bucks like, Bucks, you've had them before. You see Bucks, his little owl tongue just like licks across his beak. Bernie's going to go to Bucks and do a thing she's never done before. And she's going to kind of Pillsbury Doughboy poke him in the tummy. And she's going to go, <laughs> how did it all fit in there? Are you bigger on the inside? Bucks like. Bucks is a TARDIS. <laughs> Bucks kind of like. Bucks kind of like shimmies a little. Uh, it goes up to his head and kind of like ruffles and cocks his head at you. I don't think I could fit a whole abyssal chicken in me. And I'm like. At least three times your size. Blinks. And then she's going to lean in real close and she's going to say, Are you just fucking with Travancore? Bucks very, very quickly winks. Bernie's going to go, Well, shit. Do I get to do a perception check? You're burning the Bissell chicken. Jesus. Bloody Here's day. what I'm going to do. I need Bucks to do a slight. It's going to be slight of hand, but it's slight of eye. And if he beats your passive, that's what we'll do. You said sleight of eye, so well, sleight of hand. So, like, so does effectively have... a dex, a dex check. Yeah, I didn't know if he's got. Oh yeah, that'll do it. Bucks just roll a natural. 20. <laughs> he roll a natural twenty <laughs> on oh, his wink check. To that. How... Oh, natural I can't roll far. nearly as many natural twenties as as your animal companions do. That's fine. I'm sorry, Travancore, you blinked. <laughs> Oh, he ate a nissel chicken then. And Bernie is the only one that knows the truth. 
Yeah, not even Jonathan, because Jonathan, like, he's sitting on your shoulder, and Jonathan, you're still contemplating what you might remember. You're kind of half arguing with Carlton. And yeah, I, he's what you, definitely yeah. engaged with Carlton. Yeah. And also, it's hard to look, like, Buck sits on your shoulder, and so unless Bucks looks at you and you look at him, it's hard to look him straight in the face. And Bucks is smart enough to wink with the eye that's not closer to Jonathan's face. So, there you go. Skill deceptive at, at the art of deception, apparently. Slide of eye. Slide of eye. Bernie looks at Travancore. She goes, Did you see this happen? I saw him spinning out bones. I'm trying to remember what Travancore exactly saw. It's been a long time. Yeah, I, think. I remember listening. I think you did he see was, that. He was, Bucks had a abyssal chicken bone in his beak. Yeah, saw the bone in his beak. Oh, that's how it fit. I was wondering. I guess, yeah, I can see an abyssal chicken out pellet. Yeah. Are they on fire? I was not here for any of this. <laughs> so they are not on fire. They are definitely evil. And their meat is somehow spicy on its own. Deliciously spicy. So they're basically perfect for tacos. Yeah. If you can wrangle them. Why did I think of that? But You were too busy running away from them. Listen, when we all retire and I get my, uh, or we're close to retiring, and we're starting to think about what we're going to do after adventuring, we should be powerful enough to go into Avernus, and maybe, just maybe, we'll be able to wrangle enough, a sustainable amount of abyssal chickens from which to create a abyssal chicken joint. So, tacos infernales, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it right there. Okay. I'm, I'm impressed you knew the uh, the uh, Moonshe Isles uh, uh, pronunciation. Very good. Uh, even a broken cl- clock's right at least two times a day. I just want to say one day we will do the thing I've been wanting to do for ages, which is rent a cabin and all get together and just play D&D all weekend and other games too, but mostly yes. D&D. And we'll make meals that are only the things our characters have eaten. <laughs> Oh dear! And They've I'm got the D and D cookbook coming out this we're year. We're gonna make our own D and D theme like meals, and we're gonna come up with a recipe for a spicy abyssal chicken taco. We'll learn how to. We'll get. I, we have some masa. We've been trying to learn. You know, we're we're white and we live in Canada, so we're very shit at it. But we're learning how to make the like actual tortillas. I have some masa that I want to do the same thing with. I just haven't yet. We just need to get Mariel to help us. Um. Yeah. I just saw the episode of Somebody Feed, Feed Phil where they're in Mexico. He's in Mexico City. He's actually seeing like these, like the, most, the best like tortillas ever made, made, which tastes like corn, basically. Oh, nice. We can have and then some, you just like, cover it in Frank's hot sauce and it's amazing. Yeah. We can have some like dishes from it. We'll make honey cake. We'll make hot dogs and tater tots. Oh, the stock has written down this entire recipe. And now we find out about one of uh, Jonathan Mount and Muscular's ex-girlfriends. <laughs> Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> That's... Listen, this doesn't have to be an ex-girlfriend. There are a variety of people that all of you can interact with on a regular basis who are not relatives or exes of any sort. Listen, Jonathan the Mesh Muscular in college, he boned a lot. So he's got a few exes. He's got a, the one who got away. Is she the one who got away? Uh, there were a few. All right, I'm taking this recipe and I'm going. Bye-bye. Maybe... Maybe I, I'm gonna oh, go to the plane of water. I don't know. What's the percentage that we're We get it, Gustav. You want us to take the railroad. Like, I, I can imagine Jonathan the Mesh Muscular just dating tiefling after tiefling after tiefling and never putting it together. And then Bernie's yeah. like, you have a type. And you're like, No, I don't. Listen, no. Now, see, this makes me think 
even Were the smartest people. Were you raised people. by a tiefling? Do you have a tiefling mother figure? No. I mean, not <laughs> as far as the backstory no. you gave me, but... No, but there... So, I wrote a backstory for Jonathan the Match Muscular the day he left... Uh, the day before he left to go to Neverwinter for school. It was his last day in uh, in okay, Calavir. Wait, 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 wait. If you're going to go on, I need this in character. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular, now that you've we've talked about this a little bit, I had a friend uh, named Scotty. We were best friends in, in Care Calendar. We did everything together. And uh, the last day I spent with him was right before I went to Neverwinter uh, when I was a kid. And we, we may have befriended a tiefling girl who was getting bullied. Like these assholes were making fun of her. Because she she looked different. Because we didn't have very many tieflings in the Moonshade Isles back then. And so these jerks were uh, were, were roughing her up. So we, we had to help her. And Jonathan the Magic Muscular started having some magic back then. So yeah, the, these these fucks got what what, what for. And um, I, I lost track of her. But yeah, she was, she was a great friend. And a tiefling. This is like the... This is like... Jonathan the Magic Muscular started having some magic. You said that in a way that made me think you were going on like a weird puberty tangent. I mean, it kind of was. <laughs> I was like, a little what tiny kind of magic bit. magic are you talking about? See, and that's the thing. I, Jonathan the Magic Muscular didn't realize that there was like the seeds were sown, as it were. I, I honestly, Jonathan the Magic Muscular can't even remember her name. We lost track of each other. Jonathan the Match Muscular takes his mug and finishes it slowly. Listen, if y'all don't want to go, oh, I, you don't have to go. We could do, there is an entire world out there. There's other things you can do. There might be consequences for not going, but you don't have Carlton to go. is already in his full regalia. He's going. Oh, I'm just saying. Mention. Both outfits. Oh, Travancore remembers that he got a puffy pirate shirt from Gestock not too long ago. So he integrates that into his uh, his pirate costume. You look Penzance. <laughs> nice. Oh my I think. gosh, yes. Pretty, pretty Penzance, yeah. I Epically think, Penzance. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie, does, like, Bernie does an off-screen very emotional goodbye with um, Coco Snoot and uh, puts, on, <laughs> puts on her fish stick outfit. And her pirate hat. She like she's combining. She's since combining you're going outfits. to gloss over the emotional, the emotional so long for now. We won't call it a goodbye. I picture this is the emotional goodbyes happening while you are putting on the outfit. So there is there is a very restrained sobbing as you are hauling up your britches. Yeah, she's like, okay. Um, I promise that we're going to come back, and I've heard that it's not like the Feywild, so it's not going to be, like, a year, and you're going to be really safe with Gestaki, he's going to treat you really well. And she's, like, adjusting a pirate hat, and then she takes her yellow bucket hat and puts it on Coco's new, and she's like, I'll come back. And he licks you on the side of the face, and seems not happy, but unconcerned, confident. And Lasha boat collapses you. <laughs> Carlton reaches down a hand to Bernie, and as she looks up, she notices that he's wearing the Bernie basket. Bernie is gonna do what you guys used to do and uh, put one foot in the crook of your elbow and let you kind of hoist you up, soft launcher up there. Yeah, 
You do find a couple of stray hairs from Boo, the direwolf puppy, but it's it has been cleaned and prepared for you. All, All right, right, let's do this. So first off, Jonathan the Metromuscular is going to cast water breathing on all of us so that if this goes badly, we will have some time to get it together. And so Jonathan the Metromuscular starts ritually casting water breathing. Sure. And uh, when he's done, all of you, it's strange because you're still able to take in air. Like nothing seems different right now. Is this my life? It, it, but air feels a little weird going down, but otherwise... I was going to say, Carlton wants to go over to, like, the trough and just dunk his head No, no, we gotta... It. Hold on. <laughs> let's, uh, we can, listen, this could be a whole bit here. But let's go. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to take out his uh, water-tuning fork, and as he flicks it, says the words of power. All right. As he does that, you could swear that you watch droplets of water come off of this coral tuning fork of his and there is a bright flash of light and a semi-familiar sensation of being hurled through space that all of you have experienced before in various ways this is a little bit longer than some of the shorter teleports that you've taken there seems to be more colors that pass by it in a way reminds you of the the trips that you did take to the Feywild except where you end up is completely different and very wet. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. It is so much fun to put together a formation that includes champions from Companions of the Hall, High Rollers, C-Team, Beyond Heroes, and more. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for the show, and thanks to the fine folks who make Idle Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. This week's code expires on September 20th at 8pm Pacific. To open up the game, go to the shop and type in this code. O-B-I-A-S-I-L-K-G-R-A-D so use that code and then let us know on Twitter or Instagram what goodies you got. And now, enough of the loot drops. Back to the show. You do end up surrounded by water. I need everybody, despite the fact that you have water breathing on, to make constitution saving throws. We're going to include Shadow. I'm not going to include Bucks. Because he's a celestial. I'm going to turn... I'm going to, right before we go, I'm going to send Bucks back to his uh, pocket dimension. Okay. Yeah. Everybody give me constitution saving throws. Travancore and Shadow. Okay. I got to roll Shadow in a second. Travancore got a 16. Okay. And Bernie? Bernie got a four. And Carlton? Carlton got a 24. And Jonathan? Jonathan, using a point of luck, gets a 12. Shadow gets a, oh dear, a five. Everybody except Shadow and Bernie, it's dark, and it is, you are now surrounded in the depths of a freezing cold ocean, very little light permeating around you, and you know you have water breathing, and this is basically the first time that you've had this experience, but you're able to get over that 
moment, that instinct to hold your breath and you force yourself to breathe out and in. And it's odd and uncomfortable, especially since this water is salty and briny and freezing. But you breathe and everything seems fine. And after you do it a couple more times and in and out and in and out, it's not comfortable, but you get used to it. And your body relaxes in the way that your mind, even though you understood, Jonathan gave us water, water breathing. Bernie and Shadow, this is not right. You know Jonathan gave you water breathing. Shadow has kind of picked up from watching Travancore and seeing Jonathan do this. Bernie, you know for a fact, you trust Jonathan's magic. This is not natural and you will not take that breath. So am I holding my breath? You're okay for a moment. You are. You and Shadow are currently holding your breath. Okay. Am I in a fit enough state to do a perception check to see if I can figure out which way is the surface? Yes, but for you it's going to be a disadvantage because part of this is the... You're fighting the panic of this moment, of your body and your mind fighting each other. Bernie is also slowly sinking because she is wearing heavy armor. She's not. Like, she's in my basket, I thought. Oh, yeah. If she's still in your basket, then uh, Carlton, you and Bernie are both slowly sinking as she's wearing heavy armor. That's What'd actually a 19. Even with disadvantage? Oh, shit. The disadvantage. God diggity dig. Hopefully it'll still be a 19. 13. Not bad. With a 13, you look around. You do not see an obvious indication of which way is up. You can kind of feel where you're being pulled because of your armor and and what's going on but all of your friends around you have already breathed out and so the bubbles are gone and so you have a vague idea but if you could just convince yourself to breathe out and breathe in you could watch the bubbles but your your body does not want to do this when I feel me and Bernie sinking, can I start trying to tread to stop that? Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, if you're if you're just looking to kind of maintain altitude, as it were. Yes. Yeah, because I Bernie's behind me, so I don't know that she's not breathing. Bernie is going to frant. I guess if she feels like if, since we're sinking, and she's smart enough to understand that, I think she's gonna frantically tap Jonathan. <laughs> Or sorry, sorry, sorry. So many actual Jonathans. She's gonna fray into nope, the just tap. one actual Jonathan. Well, that's true. Mm. <laughs> so many people with variations of that name. Um, so she's gonna frantically tap Jack. Or fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> Third time's the charm. Uh, yeah. You got this. You got this. <laughs> she she failed her long oh, saving Julia. Down. All right, Julia the magic muscular. She's gonna <laughs> frantically tap Carlton, and she's gonna point. In the direction she thinks we should go. She's going to follow that yeah. uh, intuition. Carlton will see that and he'll start, you know, with his, uh, you know, thunder thighs of steel, start kicking up. <laughs> okay. Carlton starts to do that. Um, Travancore, you're noticing Shadow is, I mean, he's treading water and yeah. uh, he doesn't seem to be in dire need just yet. What's his constitution bonus? Plus three. Yeah, so, but you do definitely notice he is not breathing. He is holding his breath. Travancore is going to try and w swim over to him and kick him. Hard enough that he's in pain, but not so hard that it'll actually hurt him. With the hope that Tra Shadow will gasp. Oh, okay. Make a uh, melee. Check. 
<laughs> no, well, no, you're gonna make a melee attack. You're gonna try to kick him. Let's see. Right? Hey, Jonathan, you know what we should have thought of before we went here? Let's see, Yo. actions, attack. Rary's telepathic bond is what we should have thought of. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well. I I, oh, had well. Ri- I had ritual on the brain. Wait, didn't oh, God. we learn? Didn't we teach ourselves Ferunian sign language a long time ago? We talked about. It. I don't know if we actually we, did it. We talked we, about wanting to learn it. I, think I don't we know. We talked about yes. like the like. We talked about it, but you didn't actually learn it. What did, what did you so get for your communities? Driving core world eight. What's Shadow's armor class? Oh, more than an eight. <laughs> yeah, I mean, first off, melee is not your speciality, especially strength-based melee, and you kick him very gently. I mean, you're kicking Shadow, so you kick him gently in the and side, underwater where too. <laughs> underwater where his armor is like he's smart enough to be also treading because he was starting to sink in his armor but he's he's treading and you go to kick and it's kind of like boop okay and he looks at you unsure of what's going on travacor is going to use his bonus action to say breathe and just exude calm as much as possible after kicking shadow (laughs) and shadow very clearly shakes his head no (laughs) <laughs> no no dad oh boy while you think about this jonathan what are you, so you're watching carlton and bernie are slowly starting to go in the direction that bernie has pointed travancore and shadow are fighting with each other but you do hear travancore say breathe and it's weird when he says it it's muffled it is very it's very soft and it doesn't travel very far but you do hear him speak okay Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to look in the direction that Ber- that uh, Bernie and Carlton are heading, and he is going to... Hmm, let me see if this spell can do... Oh! Oh! Hang on. Hanging. So, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to reach into his pocket, grab the material component he needs for light, and hold it up to his mouth, because he, see- he hears how sound works. And says, Luminos, and squeezes, and a light appears on his hand, and he waves at Travancore and uh, and Shadow, and then as he waves, he points up. He points in the direction everyone's going, and then he starts kicking that direction. Okay. Travancore, you can clearly see this. Shadow, Shadow notices it, but his eyes are locked on you. <clears throat> okay. Well, Travancore is going to sort of grab, like, shadow's paw and then start swimming towards the light the okay. hope the shadow will follow he definitely follows he seems he panicked is he's not quite there yet like bernie they're both in a state of fighting their own bodies their own natural instincts shadow's having a much harder time doing that for many reasons but he does follow you yeah you start to swim and you're swimming and you're swimming and a minute of swimming of arduous cold water swimming. I mean, Carlton, you could do this for a while, but you could tell this is also this hard work. Even without Bernie in the basket, the water is freezing. Everybody make perception checks, except for Bernie and Shadow. I'm rolling not nearly as hot as my owl did. All right, Carlton? Uh, Carlton got a 14 on his perception. And Travancore? 15. And Jonathan? Jonathan rolled a rolled a 5. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jonathan, this is a strange experience. And 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 you're also having the same thoughts that Carlton kind of had, which is, oh, I really should have cast Rory's Telepathic Bond. 
Like, you're a little distracted by this experience. Carlton and Travancore, you do start to see light. It is not directly in the direction you're going. It's kind of diagonal. If if you now have a vague idea of the surface and you've been kind of, instead of swimming straight up to it, you've been kind of swimming at an angle. Not in the wrong direction, but not in the most efficient direction. Uh, I'll take a moment to kind of pause, adjust course to get the beam line to the light. Okay. And you keep swimming. Going to the light. <laughs> and swimming and swimming and just swimming. Keep swimming. Just and now keep Jonathan, swimming. you start to see the light that everybody's talking about. And and Bernie and Travancore and or and Shadow start to see it as well. And it fills you with a little bit of oh, we're almost at the surface. But it's like one of those hallways that just it keeps getting closer and closer and closer, but it never actually gets there. Two minutes see, of swimming. John the Cynic is thinking that, yep, yeah, Carlson's just swimming towards a giant angler fish now. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, there's part of me that's like... I mean, it's been two minutes of swimming. Is there anything you want to do at this point? Should Bernie do a constitution check? Not yet. You're, you're still holding your breath and Shadow is still holding your breath. Because you are not swimming fast or fleeing, and because your constitutions are high enough, you are still able to hold your breath. And, of course, we all know... If you do start to breathe underwater, you do have water breathing. This is more about a mental state. This is more about your body is not accepting something that your mind knows about because this is the first time you've done this. So it's kind of up to you how, what you want to do, but you keep swimming. Carlton's going to try something. He's not sure if it's going to work. Okay. Like, so for the bag of holding, I have to actively put stuff in, right? Like, if I open it, it's not going to just immediately flood with the water. I have to be, like, the swamp. I was like, I'm going to put swamp water in, and that's when it went in. If I open it, will it flood? That is a good question. Because I believe what you did is you held it underwater and you opened it up. Yeah, he did hold it underwater and opened it up. Oh, uh, see, because I said I was, like, going to fill it with the swamp water. So, like, I thought I was activating it to fill with swamp water. I'm going to say that... If you open the bag of holding underwater, it's going to fill with water. And this is why. Not just that, but in order to empty a bag of holding, you just turn it upside down and open it up. Gotcha. So my idea of saying air and using it as a propeller will not work. No. <laughs> I, I, I kind of wish it would work, but it will not. W- no, it won't work. Sorry. And Carlton would know that. Yeah. Cool. Piercing weapons don't have any disadvantage underwater. So... I'm going to, or no additional disadvantage. Yeah. I'm going to pull out Halfling's Exit, and I'm going to throw it 120 feet ahead of me and use the teleport function to go up to it, towards the light. Give me uh, give me a ranged attack, less about hitting something and more about you're essentially, you have to kind of reposition your body yep. to throw it. Uh, Halfling's exit, that's that. That's a really good... Because I don't think Bernie has any clever. She's a little freaked out. She's got nothing clever. 26. Yeah. You even have the the presence of mind for that moment to pause in your swimming, because you're swimming, swimming, and swimming. You kind of pause and reposition, so you're actually in a throwing position where you would be throwing what you think is up, and you chuck it. And at you want it to go its full 120 before you... Full 120 towards the light, and then I'll use the teleport function of it okay. to appear where it is. Oh, Bernie, that's a moment. You've never been half-winged exit. <laughs> no, no. And she doesn't realize, like, you sort of... She can't say anything. So she's just in this basket, and all of a sudden this axe comes out, and she's like... Well, it's a big spear, yeah. but oh, yeah. Spear, yeah, it's a spear. Sorry. It's a good, 
I can't remember enough of the halfling's exit to know that it teleports two people, but I think she you're carrying uh, her. Well, let's see. I have it right here. Yeah. Uh, Crib, I have it open. My, my gut says it. it's fine, but... I feel like if it doesn't say no... It's used for escaping a bar tad or leaving without the awkwardness of goodbyes. Uh, once per day, you can use a bonus action to teleport directly to the javelin's location. Doesn't say no. You're carrying her. That's fine. This This will work. If she did have water breathing, she'd be going... Two things happen. One, the two of you out in the water, and there's this weird sucking noise as Jonathan, Travancore, and Shadow watch as water just fills in the spot where the, the two of you have left and barely can see 120 feet in the direction that you're swimming as the two of them appear. Carlton, you know what to expect. You've done this before. You appear. You reorient yourself pretty quickly. You are closer to the light. It hasn't gotten you out but it has made you closer. Bernie, I need a constitution saving throw. Because because this is not anything like you expected. Well, that's, yeah, that's a 17. That's way better. Okay. You do not panic. You, you hold it together for this moment. You still cannot bring yourself to breathe in. So this is one you wanted to fail. <laughs> but you, you've managed to hold on to the side of the basket and you've now breathed out in a moment of expletive. And you watch as the bubbles are going, and you, you have enough presence of mind to see that the bubbles are going in the direction you need to go. Bernie taps him on the shoulder again and points at the bubbles and is still very clearly holding her breath. She's got, like, the big, all the big poof cheeks, like, everything. Yeah. So, like, I'll look at her, and I see, like, and I'll look. Why are you still holding your breath? And you hear Carlton. He speaks. Is there, at what point do I get to roll to see if, like, I overcome this? So if that hadn't happened, it was going to be when your body would naturally start to fight against the fact that you're not breathing. You have a very good constitution, so that hasn't happened yet. I'll say when Carlton speaks again, since you rolled well enough on this on this constitution saving throw, if you want to try again, I'll let you try again to see if you can get yourself to If breathe. you fail, I have a plan for that. Are you going to hit me? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm not okay. going to hit you. I'm not going to hit you, Bernie. That's a 13. That's enough. You. I was just going to hold your nose. <laughs> you finish breathing out, and then you steal yourself, and you breathe in. You have that same moment everybody else did. It is uncomfortable and cold and salty, but your body doesn't reject it, and you're able to breathe and talk. And so, Bernie, when you say, why aren't you breathing, Bernie goes, and then she goes... <laughs> Oh. oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, 120 feet further into the ocean, Jonathan, Travancore, and Shadow are still plodding along. Shadow, who is still holding his breath because he's got a massive constitution and can hold his breath for a very long time. Uh, is there anything that the three of you are doing? Yeah, Jonathan the Muscular sees the, the, these shenanigans, these ex- this excellent idea that Carlton had, and is like, hmm. He does a quick motion with his hands. And Misty steps 30 feet up. And you do? Yeah. Not nearly as good, but uh, a little bit better. And Travancore and Shadow, you have that same experience of watching the water into that space as Jonathan then apparates in, in 30 feet above. 
Travancore is going to cast Conjure Animals. He's going to summon four uh, giant seahorses. Two near Travancore in shadow. One near where Jonathan just missed you stepped. And one 60 feet away, which is the max range. So halfway between where he is and Bernie and Carlton are. With the idea that, you know, these seahorses can travel a little bit faster underwater than, than, uh, than they can. Oh, absolutely. All of you are moving at half speed right now underwater. So how fast can seahor- these giant seahorses move? They have a 40-foot swim speed. Oh, yeah. Bernie, if you had to swim right now, because your, your regular walking speed is 25 feet, you'd be going yeah. like 12 feet. Carlton is like, you're all slowed by this, but these giant seahorses appear. Uh, go ahead and describe your giant seahorses and what are their names? Oh, boy. Um... I've been waiting for this ever since you t- we had that whole discussion. I'm very excited. All right. Well, so they are your normal seahorses with the long, long noses like like you do. Um, they are all male, which means they're all capable of carrying uh, babies because male seahorses carry babies. They are very regal looking and they're colorful and they're kind of like all the pinks and purples and marine colors that you would expect my uh, Travancore Jr.'s toys to have. And uh, gosh, names. All right. Something biscuit. Like all of your thespians from the Feywild. Okay. So I got to look up a thing. So we have Pinkie Pie. We oh, have geez. Rainbow Dash. <laughs> nice. We have Vanity. Or Rarity, rather. Rarity. And then uh, give me another uh, pony, Jonathan. Uh, Twilight Sparkle. Twilight oh, no, Sparkle. No, actually, no, Applejack oh, would be good. Because they, they yeah. are all regular ponies. So obviously Applejack's mine, pony. Obviously. Yeah. So you can decide which ponies you want. But uh, but see, yeah, see ponies to the rescue. The, the slightly uh, pink... Pinkie Pie, who's a little bit pinker than the rest, floats by close by Jonathan. Yeah, and they're all voiced by Great Lyle Griffin, just because. Just because. Yeah, they are considered large, so Carlton and Bernie have no problems wrapping. Carlton wraps his arms around a seahorse, with Bernie wrapping her arms around him. Jonathan, you have yours. Travancore, I need you to explain this to Shadow in this moment. All right. Shadow, this is a friend that's going to take us to the surface. Grab on with your paws and hold on. They're going to take you to water. And remember, I'm talking to you. So intellectually, you're a smart bear. You should be able to breathe, too. Roll another constitution saving throw for Shadow because his instinct is to at you. Here we go. He's holding it in. 16. He at you. Bubbles come out. In panic, he breathes. And then he's like. Yeah, magic's weird. He kind of sounds like a whale underwater. It's a little epic. See, Kirk and Spock could have just brought Shadow underwater and and saved themselves a bunch of time. Double dumbass on me. That was the first Star Trek movie I ever saw. Uh, It's still one of my favorite, even though it's weird. I got really mad at all the people who said it was bad because it was the only one I'd ever seen. I thought the Borg were awful and I just want to go back to the Whales movie and people were mean to me about it. It was just a different one. Like, I liked it. It was wonderful. I liked it. It, The music was very different from other original cast movies. Like, it didn't have the same, like, con theme that that 2 and 3 had. And then after that, the music got was just kind of samey. It had a very like different feel to it. It had a, the whole movie had a bit different feel to it. It was great, loved it. It was it was funny, and it was very obvious that the cast was enjoying themselves tremendously. Yes. It was obvious they were having fun, and it was ridiculous. And is it a Star Trek movie? 
eh, but it's a good movie. Anyway, Shadow sounds exactly like the whales from from that Star Trek movie. There's an awkward moment as you you all try to figure out how Shadow is supposed to grip this seahorse without doing damage. But, you know, he, he figures out where to position. It's mostly back legs hugging and front legs hugging in an awkward way because Shadow is one of the few beings that is as big as the seahorse. And Travancore, you take the the seahorse and you all start to ride to the surface. It takes another minute. It's a long ways up. Like every moment that you go, we're going to break the surface any second now. The the way that whatever light is on the surface is cutting across the water and the way that the waves are happening on this almost endless ocean, it's making it difficult to judge the distance. And every moment that it gets closer that you're like, I can just reach up and reach through and I'll feel air. It's still going and going and going. And then finally, Carlton and Bernie, your seahorse levels out. And Carlton, you can actually reach up and feel a break in the surface of the water. Uh, The seahorse cannot breathe over water or out of water. And so they are smart enough not to leave the water itself. But you do reach the surface. About 20 seconds behind you is Jonathan, and another 20 seconds behind is Shadow and Travancore. Super Snake Boat! And Travancore says it's exactly like that. <laughs> I love it. I gotta ask, are you holding this boat? Yeah, the- Travancore takes it out like, <laughs> once he breaches the surface, because he doesn't want it like underwater, because that's bad for boats. Travancore, not having the proud naval tradition of my actual family... No, knows a thing or two about boats, but only a thing or two. Just okay. enough to know not to do it while the things are still underwater. I'm a kind of gentle DM, because there was a moment when you just said it, where I was going to have that thing unfold in your pocket underwater. And this is oh, dear. a much different experience. But Travancore, being the, the keen mind that he is, takes out this... It's a large box. So it's a little unwieldy under the water. You hold it on up. You say the words, slightly muffled, underwater. And you very quickly have to pull your hand back under the water as the boat unfolds. And all the four of you see, as you're still under the water, is something block the light above you. And this very vague, uh, this very faint, do, 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 almost like bits of wood are being dropped on top of the water and it's being rolled out above you. And then eventually it stops, and you are all now still underwater riding giant seahorses. What would you like to do? I dismiss the seahorses. I say thank you for, for helping us get up here a little faster. You guys are good horses. Friendship really is magic. <laughs> they all nod at you. Oh my gosh. The one that is that you are riding, Travancore, makes a noise that you almost expect to be a horse, and then you hear a <laughs> and then they all disappear. <laughs> Would anybody like to break the surface and take a look around? Yeah, yeah. sure. Uh, as soon yeah. as uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular breaks the surface, he holds his hand up high, snaps, and Bucks appears. Okay. You all break the surface, and above you is a gray sky roiling with clouds, fast-moving clouds. Nothing ominous, but definitely it is very windy. You can feel the breeze on your face as it is picking up salt water from this ocean and spraying it. The waves right now are gentle enough for 
ostensibly a giant ocean that you're on. You're kind of expecting these big cresting waves. But for the moment, everything just feels choppy. You look around and it is just water. It's just water, 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 water. But there is also a boat. There is a lovely folding boat, uh, which is in its large form i believe because you went for the super snake boat yep so it should be plenty room it is is longer than it is wide there is a sail i believe i don't i gotta pull up the boat i don't have the boat why don't i have the boat up hey guess what i have it right here in my i believe the larger version has a sail and a couple of oars Deck, rowing seats five sets of oars steering oar anchor deck cabin and a mast with a square sail awesome up to 15 creatures yeah, the boat is there, gently rocking um, on these choppy waves. And what would you like to do? Get on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Get on the boat. You all get onto the boat, sopping wet, cold. Uh, you all have the weird experience of having to spit up the water in your lungs. Jonathan's <laughs> imagined muscular is like, oh, this is... And, just, <laughs> and it's not from the stomach, it's from the lungs. So it's burning and painful. Bernie just falls out of the basket on the floor, and she's on all fours, and she's just going, I hate the sea! I hate it so much! Jonathan the Magic Muscular is over the side going, This wasn't the spell! It's just in between, just like, heaving old man coughs. Carlton reaches into the bag of holding and goes, Ginger candies, and like pulls out and just, displays them for Bernie and Jonathan. How about you, Travancore? How are you holding up and how's Shadow holding up? Well, Travancore did not go to college per se. He had a tutor that taught him most of everything he knows, but that's not to say that Travancore did not find opportunities to party as if it was college. So, it's not his first rodeo. That's the first from his lungs. So, while a little bit rough, he gets through it really quickly. Shadow, on the other hand, does not drink as much. So Travancore is just trying to like hold his fur oh, back and like no. pet his back and be like, it's okay, buddy. Get it out. This is not, I don't know. I think you might be the first bear to go in this plane of existence to, to be breathing water. Or if you're not, then you might as well be. Shadow for his part gets it all in one go and roll an intelligence saving throw for Shadow. Oh, intelligence saving throw. I know, I know. But maybe maybe he'll be a lucky bear. It might just be a straight d20. I think it is actually. Probably. 16. Shadow is the only one who has the presence and the wherewithal to expunge the water over the side of the boat. Everybody else is just like, get this water out of my lungs now. Shadow takes a moment to climb, (laughs) to stand on on his hind legs and puke over the side. Jonathan the Magic Muscular, he like, he, like I, I said that he was going over the boat, but I'll go ahead. He, he, he hurls on the deck, so he's on his hands and knees still, and he's like in between, just like really wheezy breaths. He's like prestidigitating his his mess, but it's sad. It's it's he's like. <laughs> if it makes you all feel any better, it is just seawater. That is yeah. all. Have you it ever is. accidentally snorted seawater up your nose, though? It's it, it burns like. Anyway, after a moment or two, Jonathan Presta digitates you all dry, and uh, you all kind of you recover fairly quickly because nobody actually drowned. It was just incredibly uncomfortable, and for some of your bodies, a little more alien than others but 
you recover all pretty quickly and you take a look around. It is eerily gorgeous and quiet. There is the wind and the sound of the spray that you can feel on your face. There is the clouds overhead obscuring not a sun. You don't see a place where there is a a specific light, but there is light as though it is in the middle of the day, but it is a steady gray cloud cover and the clouds are moving very fast. And it's very quiet except for the lapping of the waves against the boat. And there's no land within sight. All right. Bucks, fly as high as you can. Range out and see if you spot land. And oh, one second. Rary's telepathic bond. That way, Bucks can fly however far he needs to and can communicate with us. All right. Sorry. At, at, like he's doing this and every once in a while in between the ritual, he's like, I'm sorry. I should have done this before we left. I'm sorry. And then it keeps on. And then Bernie is just laying, laying in the fetal position on the deck. Oh. Just like, I like the ocean. And she's like reaching up every now and then to grab, to grab like ginger candy from Carlton. She's like, he's just going to put a little tiny Bernie pile next to her while she gets her sea legs. I don't know. Is she going to heal? She's not going to waste a healing spell on herself because she just feels like she doesn't want to take that chance of like really needing them. And she's like, Bernie, I think you can tell that at this very moment, this is all just your, your body's natural reaction to something that is not natural. How you feel in the next hour or two or day or however long you're going to be on the ocean, that's different. But at this moment, you feel like healing the body is not going to help. This is this is a mental thing that you just need to... You've gone through something that people are not... Gnomes don't normally live underwater. That's weird. No, I'm a rock gnome. The rocks, I would like... You know, when we were in the Underdark and people didn't like it, but it was kind of nice because it was dark. And and it was underground, and there was rocks to the left, rocks to the right. This is Bernie's monologue. Everybody else can do the rest yeah, of it. We're she just doesn't listening. know if anyone's listening, and she does not care. Oh, Travacore's listening very intently, and uh, he actually offers up, Carlton, it might be time to deploy some of the therapy popcorn. Oh, yeah, here. And I grab a tub of popcorn out of the bag, and I put it next to them. Um, as I make my way to the single deck cabinet, sounds like, according to the description. It is it right only one cabin. There's one cabin. Um I don't think there's a size on the cabin. I'm going to say I don't th- Can it at least sleep all of us? <sighs> what it can it sleep us if we slept vert like if we like on t- like hammock. I basically going to have enough hammocks in there. You know what could sleep all of us? The pocket house. There is that. Here's what I will say. If you're going to have someone stay on watch, it will sleep three of you in shadow. So basically, okay. it, it will almost fit all of you, and you could almost all sleep in there, on the assumption that someone is going to stay outside and watch. Yeah. But all four of you and Shadow, because I was going to hang up the hammocks in the deck cabin. Okay, Bucks takes a flight, and it takes him a moment or two to acclimate to the strong winds on the sea. But it helps that the the rare telepathic bond helps because he doesn't have to worry about that hundred foot limit and go ahead and give me a perception check for bucks all right let me go ahead and i love that i can actually bring up bucks's stats 
in D&D Beyond, and then it goes... It's great. Yeah. Okay, so perception... It goes beyond. It does go expect. beyond. Aww. So, 22. Boom, very nice. He's got to go up really high. He goes up to, like, the 100-foot ceiling. Yeah, he kind of starts there. He's like, all right, there's 100 feet. This is normally before, you know, like, he knows Ray's telepathic bond means he's got a mile. So he starts there, takes a look around, sees nothing. Goes another 25, 30 feet, because now the winds are starting to get really strong. Takes a look around, sees nothing. Goes up 20, 25 more feet. So he's 150 feet up. Wings are straining against the incredibly strong wind. He can actually see the cloud cover. The clouds are incredibly low. Takes another look around. The wind is coming in from a specific direction. You're not quite sure of cardinal directions on this plane. So he can't tell north, south, east, or west, and there is no obvious sun. But it looks like in the direction of the wind, he thinks he sees something on the horizon. He's not sure what it actually is, but there is something not the color of waves on the horizon. Do you want to relay that as Vox? I think you haven't played Bucks in a while, so. I know. I am trying my best to fly in this wind, but we are going to want to go in the direction of the wind. Whew, it is very cold. I'm coming back down. And he almost drops like a stone. Like he pulls <laughs> his wings in really tight and phew, and about 50 feet above the boat flares out and flies around a little bit before coming back down to land and shiver on your shoulder. It is... I mean, you just came from Waterdeep in the middle of winter, and so it is not bad, especially now that you're no longer wet, but the breeze is chilly, and certainly you keep getting sprayed with the seawater, so it is it is not balmy at all. All right, so Jonathan the Magimuscular kind of cuddles Bucks to warm him up and says, hey, good job, buddy. Hey, that was, a, that was an awesome descent. You looked, uh, you looked epic as hell. That was, that was great, buddy. Well, let's set a course. There's a problem. He says it's in the direction of the wind. Yeah, we're go we're gonna go with the, the wind. The wind's gonna push us in the wrong way. No, it'll it's in the direction of the wind. So Right from the where the wind's coming from, right? No. Uh, the the wind is going towards the, the anomaly, right? No. Carlton is correct. It ah. is <laughs> if Carlton has if smart brain. Wind is coming from the north, you need to go north. I see. You don't know that that's a cardinal direction, but you need to go into the wind. Right. So the wind's going to push us further away from where we got to go. Jonathan, you have shipping experience. You have sailing experience. You take a look at this boat. Give me an intelligence check. All right. So I was one thing I was checking was to see if... I'm going to use a point of luck on that. This is important. Okay, much better. So Jonathan the Magimuscular's keen mind ability... Normally, it can give... He knows where North is. Would you say it applies to other planes as well? I would say it absolutely applies to other planes. You don't feel North. Okay. Good to know. But the intelligence check is uh, is an 18. Okay. You haven't been a shipwright in a very long time, but you have a family that has a lot of experience with this. And you look at this boat... And you think about your history of sailing, and you know there are ways to rig boats so that even if you're going directly into the wind, the sail can help. 
think you're probably going to have to do some rowing and you might have to do some, <laughs> ironically, serpentine maneuvers because this is not this is not a full ship that normally would have several sails and and the whole nine yards. And so people are going to have to do some rowing. But you do know that you can rig the sail to help a bit, even though you have to go directly into the wind. Okay, Jonathan the Magimuscular relays this and says, like, I guess we better uh, get better, better make way. Jonathan, do you think that the wind's going to get worse or this is kind of as bad as we currently are? I don't know. Because I feel like I should be the one rowing during the worst of it. Yeah, Jonathan the Magimuscular can definitely row during at least to get us started. And then we'll save like if you. This is, if this is like bad, then, you know, I'm more than happy to. But if it's going to get worse, then I think I'm best suited when it's going to be the hardest. Why, why don't you do this? Why don't you row? And then if it gets bad, you just get real angry. I may need you to slap me around. Okay. But yeah. Done. All right. Carlton's going to start rowing. All right. Carlton's going to start rowing. Jonathan rigs up the sails. Travancore, what are you and Shadow doing? How many uh, oars are on the boat? In the super snake boat configuration, there are. Do, 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 I should have looked. Yeah, I should, I should have looked up folding boat. Eh. Five sets of oars. Five so sets, so ten. Ten oars total. All right. Um, Trevancor is going to burn another conjure animals uh, spell, and he's going to summon four apes to help with the rowing. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> okay. That's Wait, that lasts for an hour, amazing. right? Well, it'll get us at least an hour worth of labor. Yeah. No, no, I, I well, just confirming Carlton, as soon as the apes show up, Carlton's like, "I'm out." Let's see. Um, yeah, let's see. Duration is up to one hour. Concentration. Yep. Okay. You, your former seahorses all appear. Well, no, because then then you'd have to call them by pony names. And no, yeah. no, dude, these are new beings. This is a new part of the uh, the Fey Beast. Uh, co- yeah, because they all group. sign up for it, right? Like they yeah. agree to do this, so they show up as as massive. The, the boat rocks a little bit as these four muscular epic apes show up and give you give you the curiously intelligent look because they are fey creatures in ape bodies. Um, what are their names, and what would you like them to do? Leonardo, <laughs> Don- pass it. Oh, what's that? I was gonna say pass it to me. All right, I'm gonna pass it to. To John or Carlton, depending Carlton. on... Carlton. Okay. All right. You're Donkey, you're Diddy, you're Cranky, and you're Candy. That's much better than what I would have done. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm good with that. Okay. So, Bucks gives a head nod to Diddy. <laughs> he recognizes Diddy of the three. Okay. Diddy gives gives a little, ah, hey. Hey. Back. Point of order. Diddy Kong is a monkey and not an ape. Not even a chimpanzee, as indicated by the tail, but oh, we'll let it pass. It's fine. <laughs> Do you want to be chunky instead? I'll make your fast fucking chunky Kong. You know what? I want Funky Kong, the lazy one who helps you fly around places. Funky Kong? All right. Funky. All right. Fey apes take positions, and yeah, they start rowing, and Carlton. You can peace out and between <laughs> in a heartbeat. between Jonathan's epic history with boats and <laughs> Travancore once again saving the day with his fey friends, you are you are plowing through the waves, even with the wind in the wrong direction. You you start to go. 
Meanwhile, Bernie's still in the fetal position where she was, and there's saltwater snot dripping out of her nose, and, like, four apes just walk by, and she's, like, eating Chicago mix, but she's not really eating anything but the caramel corn, and she just goes, yeah, that tracks, and (laughs) (laughs) nothing surprises her at this point, she's just, like, looks at them, and she's like, okay, and she just goes back to, like, being miserable. Travancore's just happy she's availing herself of the therapy popcorn. That is very good therapy popcorn. It is helping. Uh, Shadow also gives you the look, Travancore, of... I could... Yeah, yeah, you need some therapy. The... Oh, yeah, oh, he's in the box. Some therapy, the who tin... needs some therapy? Bernie Travancore... slides the tin towards Shadow, yeah. recognizing a fellow miserable soul. Shadow is smart enough to know that he doesn't like as much as he wants to just stick his entire snout in that tin of popcorn. He also recognizes that means he's just like, nobody wants any left of that tin, especially Bernie. And so he will look to to Travancore to scoop some out so that he does not stick a snout in the entire tin. Travancore, as a true gentleman who does, takes off his pirate hat, uses his hand to scoop up a couple of fistfuls of popcorn for Shadow and lets allows Shadow to use his hat as a bowl. And as Shadow and Bernie enjoy a moment of of misery and misery loves company, therapy popcorn, uh, you make some incredibly good time. It's a little hard to tell because there are no landmarks, but even with with nothing to see and nothing to look at, you can tell that this boat between the apes and the the rigging, it's moving very quickly. And then eventually the wind changes and it starts to angle away and bucks he's flying up and taking looks around and he is continuing to send you in the same direction even as the wind starts to move off to your right and jonathan does a little more rigging and the wind starts to move off to your right again and as the hour goes by just before the apes are uh, unfortunately have to go back to where they came from the wind makes a complete 360. You've started this journey with the wind in f- blowing from your front. And just before the apes leave, the wind has shifted its location that it is coming from in a clockwise manner all the way around you, 365 degrees, until it is just now coming at you again. And Jonathan something is annoying you about this you're all freaked out by the that that's weird that shouldn't be that way you haven't moved that far but now jonathan you've had to redo the entire rigging on this boat multiple times this vexes jonathan the magic muscular you're super vexed you're super vexed bucks takes another look as the apes are dismissed and bucks can now very clearly see thanks to all of your hard work that what he saw off in the distance is becoming clearer. It is land. He is seeing green. It is not incredibly clear at the moment. It's still very far away, but there is land. And I do need another perception check from Bucks. All right. Bucks will supply that check. Ooh, not great. Seven. Bucks comes flying on back down, pleased to report that while you're going to have to continue to go in the direction that the wind is pushing away from now again, that yes, what he saw originally was land. And 
while you, you are not sure if this is the fabled Isle of Dread, you do know that there is supposed to be very little land in this plane of existence, and so it's a good place to start. And then the giant sea snake rears out of the waves. There as... it is. <laughs> This long dragon-like head of blue and silver and white that almost perfectly matches the water around you rears up out of the water, opens its mouth to hiss at all of you like a snake. And we'll pick up next time, rolling initiative, as unfortunately you are going to encounter a couple of sea dragons. But first, let me give you some experience for delaying so long <laughs> to getting to the plane of water that all of you decided to stop to stop fooling around and get to the plane of water. Although I do appreciate all of that discussion. I thought that was funny. For Bernie giving an excellent description of waterlogged misery. For Carlton doing some, some pretty smart things when it comes to trying to navigate as being the strongest person there for Jonathan putting his shipwright experience to use and for Travancore with some very clutch fey friends coming to help I'm gonna give you a total of 9,500 experience to split between the four of you the next time we get together we'll be rolling initiative on the plain water thanks for listening to our adventure if you've enjoyed our show, visit us at DungeonDrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit Patreon.com slash DungeonDrunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter. We appreciate all of our patrons, and extend a special thanks to our top-tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, a.k.a. Calamity Jane, Sir Narvi and Sailor Tweak, John Adi, Linnea Boyev, Magic Dance, and Hunted Shadows, LLC.